Welcome to Review That Review. We are the podcast that is dedicated to reviewing reviews. That is Chelsea Dawn. And that is Trey Gerald. And when we come together, we are the Review Queens. And y'all, we are so excited and happy today because this week we've got a very special guest of honor. Uh, so every so often, we love to invite a special guest of honor onto the show to share some of their experiences dealing with online reviews from their unique position. With their expertise, we have them don their review queen crown and help us inspect an online review. And today, you guys, we have Joe Canosian. Joe is the writer and composer of and frequent performer in the musical Murder for Two, which won Chicago's Jeff Award for Best New Musical and earned Joe a Jeff Award nomination for Best Leading Actor before opening Off-Broadway. The Off-Broadway production of Murder for Two earned what? A Drama Desk Drama League and Outer Critics Circle Award nominations and went on to a two-year national tour. Murder for Two has since been performed all around the country as well as internationally in Japan, Korea, England, Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, and Australia. Good day, mate. Joe also wrote and composed the musical It Came From Outer Space with longtime writing partner Kellen Blair, which had its world premiere in Chicago last summer and will hopefully be seen again soon. Wink, wink. Joe was also the writer, composer, and performed 15 historical characters on history comedy podcast, Let's Start a Coup! Exclamation mark. <laughs> which is an iHeartMedia original, excuse me. As an actor, Joe's performed regionally in plays like An Act of God and his dream role, the title character in The Nerd. Joe also does the best Miss Piggy impression side <gasps> of Frank Oz, which we're going to have to hear oh, a little later. Yeah. But all of you listeners definitely know the name Joe Canozian for his work as the composer and lyricist of our very own theme song. That's Uh-oh. right. I mean, how could we be more in your debt? I mean, <laughs> every every single time I listen to that song, I get excited, and it's my show, which is I don't know what that says about me, but like I love it so much, and I'm so grateful for you. Like the show, I felt a little nervous because we always dance to the song. Yeah. And having Joe in the room, I felt nervous. Anyway, that was a long time for Joe to sit quietly and patiently. Yeah. So without further ado, we've got to welcome our very special guest of honor, Mr. Joe Canosian. Oh my God. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yeah, I love that song too. We had we danced to it while we were in the recording room with uh, with Natalie. Yes. Ugh, incredible. What, wait, so let's go back to 20, um, what was that? 2021 maybe? Yeah. And what was your thought when we reached out to you and and what (laughs) did you think? No, I was so excited. And I feel like what inspired the song was the cover art because you had that first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you sent me that, you know, that beautiful, like black with the neon. And I was like, oh, that looks like very sort of 80s LA like palm trees and sunsets. And it was like, I thought of the band, the cardigans, you know, of loveful fame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like that sort of like surfy eighties vibe. It's amazing. It's so good. I I just still remember listening to the first ever recording that you sang and I was (laughs) obsessed. Like even, I mean, obviously Natalie brings the, like all the sparkle and the glitter and the riffs. (laughs) 
but I just will never ever forget that moment of listening to that recording. Oh so thank you so much for this beautiful Trey. Gift. Do we? Th- you're so welcome, and I'm I'm honored to have done it and to be here. But you know, Trey, what we should have pulled up is you remember you sent me like your lyrical idea brainstorm. <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was kind of the shape of what the song became, but it was like just like phrases. Much better. Yours was much better. <laughs> Patreon members will know that we maybe six episodes ago reviewed for our 100th after show one of our dress rehearsals, and it was us playing that demo recording. So if you're That's on right. Patreon, oh. you actually get to hear Joe's demo. So fun. But Joe, we're so glad that you're here and we want to like get into the nitty gritty of reviews. So we're curious mm-hmm. from your point of view as someone who has created musicals from the ground up and as someone who is a performer who gets constantly critiqued and reviewed, like how do reviews affect you as a creator, as an artist, all of that? Well, you know, you you don't want to give them as much credit as you sort of have to. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, You know, there's the professional reviews, like the ones in the papers, and then there's Mm -hmm. the, you know, just the people who are talking online. And I feel like I've gotten pretty good at ignoring people online. Mm -hmm. I just try to stay away from the comments or, you know, have, if friends have like read the comments, like, I can ask them, were they good or should I stay away from this one? Mm -hmm. But yeah, but but the the critics on the papers, I think you just have to... They're serving their purpose. And yeah, uh, so you were saying I've gotten musicals from the ground up and I have twice, <laughs> but in between those two were six that never even went anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like the act of getting the one all the way to the stage and then just have some critic be like, I didn't really see what they were going for. It's just like, it can be so demoralizing. So yeah, generally try to stay away and then also try to tell myself they have a purpose, even if that doesn't necessarily apply to the work you're doing or trying Mm. to do. Can you feel a distinction between the madness of voices online versus the professional critics paid for a newspaper? Like a New York Times type article? You know, my knee jerk is certain things I've done that have gotten like, like really positive comments from people online. And sometimes the, the masses are, more positive weirdly (laughs) we wouldn't Mm. necessarily think of that where i think professional critics have to maintain some level of uh dispassionate disconnect (laughs) like they have to be a little bit too cool to you know just heap praise on something because it's rare that you know they do that overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. and i think for me too like i write silly stuff i'm putting silly stuff on stage like hopefully well-crafted well-executed silly stuff but like that's not necessarily fodder for the critics to like, you know, lose their minds, except for uh, the New York Times did really like Murder for Two. But that's, you know, that's just a separate thing. Well, I'm, well <laughs> And that felt really good, which is like, yeah. I feel like I shouldn't say that. But then that, we heard that review and obviously they were, you know, quoting it in the papers and every or on the poster rather. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't like, oh, my God. Did the Times review it when it was in Chicago? No, um, the Times just reviewed it when it was in New York. So what was that process from the overwhelming response in Chicago to how much how many years passed before it transfer or before it went to off Broadway? Well, interestingly enough, this is actually very applicable to what we were saying. The reviews when we opened in Chicago were not super positive. We were supposed mm. to run for five weeks, and I remember after the reviews came out, particularly one, a uh, famous Chicago paper that shall remain nameless, but was Ugh. featured heavily in the sitcom Perfect Strangers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that like the audiences were there were like twenty people there the night after that, and I was like, oh, so they got us, like we're done. But right. people who came and saw the show liked it and started posting about it on TripAdvisor of all things. <gasps> Love that, we and it, it started well. to climb the ranks of TripAdvisor. And then at one point during the summer, we were like above the aquarium. And I almost wanted to write in like, you should go to the aquarium first. <laughs> like, or do both. Like, Do both. <laughs> we're not competing with the aquarium. No. But I think that that's an interesting point. And I think it's something that came up a little while ago when the whole Martin Short article yeah. came out that was really damning. And then the public and the internet and whatever you want to call it was really able to come to 
his defense. And I do think that's sort of fascinating. Like so often we look at these reviews on the internet as these trolls and horrible haters, as we say in our song, but the opposite also exists, right? Like, like you said, you got this bad review, but the public made it so much more popular than it was able to transfer off Broadway. So screw that guy. Right. So there is something interesting about that balance. I think especially in the culture we're moving into, because now you go see a Broadway show and they literally have pull quotes that are like Twitter user handles. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even Brantley. Well, it's not going to be Brantley, but like (laughs) we are in a culture where oftentimes the, like all of these huge record breaking Broadway musicals, like were almost universally reviewed very poorly. It's like the crowds that love them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about we have seemingly all forgotten. A, Wicked opened right when I moved I was, to New yeah. York, and Wicked got really Same. lackluster reviews, like average yeah. is best. And that's yeah. of that amazing 2003 season, like all those iconic shows that have stayed with us and Taboo, which was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, <laughs> like Wicked's the one still doing still like standing. Yeah, and they recoup their money like faster than I think any other Broadway show. Like they broke so many records. I do wonder if a part of that is because that time being like the advent of Facebook and this sort of social media, social influence world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have one more follow up question. I also want to just explain anyone who has not heard of the musical Murder for Two. It is a two-hander musical that means two actor singers who also play the entire score so they're both classically trained pianists oh wow and the show is a murder mystery where there's the detective is one actor the other actor is all of the suspects (gasps) that's so (laughs) cool and joe like created the show with kellen blair Mm -hmm. and played all of the suspects in Chicago. The show went on to Off-Broadway and Joe has done iterations of the production across the country. So is there a distinction? Come to LA, come to LA, I want to see you. I would love to. It was at the Geffen, right? It was at the Geffen in 2015. Yeah, but that was before I knew you. I know. (laughs) But because (laughs) because you've done the show so many times, like when you're doing a production in like Wichita, <laughs> you're not you're not reading the reviews anymore, or are you? No. Uh, so I got my my equity card in 2009, and <laughs> that was the last time I really read reviews. Interesting. Because there was one review that it wasn't even mean. It was just like mildly disparaging about like how I was not as important as the other actors, which was true. <laughs> <laughs> you're like um, facts, okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it like. It, it hurt me in a little in a in a way that I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from these. This yeah. is why people say to stay away from these. And since then, yeah. I've I've kind of been able to to not uh, not follow them. But when you're mounting a show yeah. and producers are truly treating these reviews like they're gold because it has a huge impact on the livelihood of the sh- production, mm-hmm. they're the ones f- dealing with all of it, right? Like you can sort of not have to deal with it because they're gonna look. That's right. And and that's why they come up. And that's why I know that the, <laughs> the Chicago reviews were what they were because it was like, it was in the, the ether. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was coming. It was coming at me, even if I didn't see it directly. Uh, yeah. And then they producers often will will find a way to like, hopefully, if they're they're caring and and trying to, you know, genuinely improve the production of reading all of the reviews to distill what's really universal or like what is a recurring theme that should be addressed Addressed, yeah in rewrites and um yeah but yeah i don't know it's just so funny like you just you have to get your foot in the door so that you're like beyond that because i think so few people really do really don't care about them (laughs) at all levels you know it's just like you do your thing we'll do ours okay but you just mentioned rewrites and i'm curious also for the podcast let's start a coup when you get these repeated opinions Mm -hmm. did you start to think oh maybe murder for two should be less silly should we try to write a song that isn't as silly or are you thinking, okay, when I'm going on to season two of Let's Start a Coup, should I try to change something about myself? 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, Kellen and I writing Murder for Two together, we have a good sense of what we're going for and what's in line with that goal and what's not. And I remember the Times review of Murder for Two when we originally opened pointed out one segment that was, it was a line that got cut between the nonprofit uh, and then transferring to the commercial production Mm because it was in two theaters in New York. Oh my God, I forgot about that. The Pizza Hut line. (laughs) And we came in after the review came out and we had this dumb line about Pizza Hut. (laughs) It really was stupid. And the (laughs) review pointed it out and the producer said in the next meeting, like, well, the Times did not care for the Pizza Hut line. And we thought about it. We're like, yeah, that is kind of dumb. So we caught it. We cut yeah. it, caught it, we caught it and cut it before <laughs> it transferred to the commercial production. So I guess in that sense, it was like, okay, we didn't change the whole tone of the show to be a Brechtian drama because, <laughs> you know, someone didn't get the point. But right. someone who did get the point was like, mm, you can do better than that. And <laughs> we probably could. Yeah. Well, on the flip side of these reviews, how impacted is your personal decision making by online reviews? Um... <sighs> like do you look at reviews ever for like restaurant restaurant? well (laughs) i'm the wrong person to ask because i go to like three restaurants and i know they're great because it's they're the only three restaurants i go to so what you're saying is you trust no one (laughs) trust yourself chelsea doesn't tell you i'm wearing a tinfoil hat right now yeah if you've um, been there and you can vouch for it yourself you're going i guess is it hypocritical if i look at yelp them what do you think is it hypocritical yeah I don't no. think so. <laughs> I mean, I look at Yelp all the time. I also ignore the haters. I don't. I, I feel like I exist on all ends of the spectrum, and I think that that's what's so great about what Trey and I do, and what we'll get into when we get into the crowning of this review is we really are breaking down. Like you said, some people have really negative things to say, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go. Right. That doesn't mean that it's a deal breaker for, for me. me. That might mean that mm-hmm. actually like your producer was saying might end up being a positive, right? Like we read a review a couple weeks ago about a hayride and the person was like, not that scary. And I'm afraid of my own shadow. So I was like, that is excellent. That's my hayride. For me. Right. That's my hayride. You know what I mean? So, so I do think that there's, there's something. There and like, if sure. I am the child of the person who created Domino's, I'm going to love that line about pizza hut. Cause pizza hut is show. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, maybe it's like the general tenor thing, like kind of yeah. how, you know, the producers, smart producers will kind of get the median feedback from the reviews that came out and then say, okay, they're all saying that this right. part is unclear or whatever it is. Right. And maybe I mean, that's I think Yelp that, too. Yeah, I think that the hardest thing is being branded with like that three and a half stars and just having people completely write you off. Mm-hmm. Wait, Chelsea, can I say one other thing that I love when you read my bio? How you were like, um, blah, 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 award nominations. <laughs> you did it exactly right, which is nominate award as loud as you can be. And the nominations <laughs> like, I'm moving on, moving uh-huh. on. And over here. Listen, <laughs> because I get it. You know what I mean? Like, ju- it's an honor to be nominated. To be nominated. You it know, sure it's just is. an honor to be nominated. The rest of it is who knows what. But like, how many people have been nominated for a drama desk award for a musical. I mean, it's insane. It's like, yeah, there are these like seven players who are always produced. Like, how do you write a musical period and then get nominated for a drama? I mean, it's fucking insane. Regardless. It really is. insane. Thank you. That's really nice. Well, Joe, we're glad that you're here and you are officially crowned and inducted into the queendom. So you are now officially a review queen. The only award that matters. (laughs) 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 Joe, our most newly crowned review queen, I am going to be reading a review. And together, you, me, and Trey are going to break it down, rate the impact of the review on a scale from zero to five crowns. It is a very regal process (laughs) that we call... Assess that kvetch. So, Joe, one final question. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Bring it. Review that review. All right. Today, we're going to Yelp for this review. This is a place that holds a special place in my heart. I don't know about you, but it is called Marie's Crisis. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. And it's a piano bar in New York City. It's a historic piano bar, according to Google, that draws a crowd of gay locals and musical theater performers in dimly lit digs, which I always think about this place as, yes, being very dimly lit, but then they have those rainbow like Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. It's a vibe, yes. you guys. It's a it's vibe. It's such a vibe. When I was living in New York, I personally went to this place several times a week. So I'm going <laughs> to just go ahead and say <laughs> that bias out loud before we get started. Maria's Crisis only has three and a half stars oh. on Yelp. Now, obviously, that's not my opinion, right? So this might stop some people from going. I don't know if this particular review will have that effect. So let's find out together. This is a one-star review written by Adam L. of Marie's Crisis Piano Bar in New York City. Here we go. (laughs) This place is a joke. (laughs) A bunch of vapid and elitist singers (laughs) that exemplify what is wrong with the Broadway crowd. (laughs) These subpar chorus actors will make you feel bad for being there because you're not a regular. (laughs) This gatekeeping bullshit is ridiculous. The whole time I was there, dot, 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 I was just like, oh, honey, you may be able to carry a tune, but you're still a nobody. End quote. Marie's crisis encourages this elitist behavior to make sure that they're drunk, unsuccessful, unhappy, Musical theater rejects come back day in and day out. It's called stroking their egos. Oh, okay. And it's working. (laughs) Failure leads to drinking and drinking leads to profit. I came in the bar, a huge musical theater fan. But I came out questioning if I even wanted to like it. What a shame. (laughs) A place can do this to someone I've loved since a child. Wow. Do you think this is Adam Lambert? No. (laughs) (laughs) No one would be rejecting Adam Lambert from singing. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, you need to find a way to see Chelsea read that review because her her body completely changed, changed and you embodied thank a you. very angry man. Adam. He was great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, Patreon plug there if you want to see the body change the video performance. Well, that was so funny. So, Joe, oh, what are your you. first. What's there for you? Have you been to Marie's Crisis? You have, yes. Oh, just a couple of times. I mean, <laughs> Chelsea was I like, "Do you think? Do you think that he's ever I'm like, been?" I like, hope that he's been. I was like, "I, I feel he's certain he's been. Ha- he's been." Okay. I have, I have so many thoughts. I don't know where to begin. I wrote down a few keywords okay. like elitist. <laughs> Marie's yeah. Crisis is like the cheapest <laughs> bar for like ten square miles. Yeah. I, unless the drink prices went up since I was last, I don't think I've been there post lockdown, no. but I certainly was there in 2019. Like, and also go and get a beer. You don't want to like mess with the yeah, elitist. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's meaning like elitist, like leaving people out. I but thought like, elitist as in getting able to sing a song, not the alcohol. Well, you have to <sighs> tip. Put a tip in the jar. Put a tip in the jar and get there early. Like, yeah. That's my main thing is like time of day for Marie's crisis. For sure. Get, get there when they you open. You can have Marie's crisis to yourself if you're going to go on a Tuesday night. Chelsea knows. Correct. She knows because she's done it many times. <laughs> you can do most of the score of Annie if oh, you get yeah. there with just your friends. I've and done I all the hairspray. One, yeah, there one you go. woman show, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh it was very funny, especially the way you did it. But like there there was an a lot of self-hatred in this yeah. review. Oh, like sure. this is someone who has some This is someone who didn't things. get cast in the chorus in high school. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like you go in there and yeah, it's, it gets really crowded. Really? And the floor was last cleaned when Marie ran out. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So sticky. So sticky. And it is dark, but dark and cheap and loud can be real pluses if you're in the right frame of mind. And 100%. Singing the score to Chicago can be such a joyous experience i agree agree (laughs) well because i'm sort of getting a story of adam adam keeps separating themselves from the musical theater community so it sounds to me that adam is a fan of musical theater heard that her was heard (laughs) that this is a place to like be amongst them and then really felt alienated so and you know what i want to validate that for one second for adam yeah i can too i will I will say that when I first went, now luckily I went with a regular, which I think is a really nice bridge. If you have a friend that goes to Marie's all the time and you're thinking about dappling, go with them because that helps. Mm -hmm. But there is this feeling of like, it's sort of like a cheers for gay people and musical theater (laughs) enthusiasts. So if you're not, in the place where everybody knows your name, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable until you get over (laughs) that hump. But I do think that this review has value in the fact that, yeah, there is a little bit of that in crowd vibe. For sure. Mm -hmm. I do think that Adam takes it a little bit far. And I don't think that Adam was trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, wait, I want to back up. Just for anyone yeah. who has doesn't know what Marie's Crisis is, Marie's Crisis is this tiny, tiny, tiny little hole-in-a-wall bar that literally has a piano player that has, like, an extended, like, top that, like, you can put, like, drinks can sit on. Around. He's, yeah. like, locked inside of this little, like, square. <laughs> the piano player will play scores to musicals. You can, like, sing. It's, like, a loud piano bar that's really strictly musical theater. I, I think it is only mm-hmm. musical theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. what Marie's Crisis is, if you don't know what it is. But I did write down the word vapid, which yeah. I just Googled just to make sure I was correct. <laughs> and the definition from the Oxford Dictionary okay, of vapid let's hear it. Let's hear it. is offering nothing that is stimulating or challenging. And their sentence oh. is, ironically, tuneful, but vapid yeah. musical comedies. <gasps> wow. That's that weird? Like the- that's that their sentence that they use. So method. it's like insubstantial. Does it say underneath it, like example by Adam L? Like, like he like wrote that <laughs> sentence. He's like, let me take this to Oxford, you know? <laughs> to your point about humor, I don't know. I also don't think that Adam is intending to be humorous. No. There's something, it's really Hurt. kind of, sh- really exceedingly shady to like yeah. sort of a, we, I feel like we crossed over to like really inappropriate i mean it's very funny what's what's the broadway crowd what do we think that is i don't how do you define it i've i feel it's not i don't know i don't know that it's like people working in theater who go there it's just people who love it and i think the love of it is more it overpowers the vapidity yeah i would agree but (laughs) yeah is that real look that one up (laughs) um yeah, no, y'all are very insightful. I also don't think for the record that he was trying to be funny. It was like, it definitely came totally. from a place of hurt and being left out. And that's not good for anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is funny. But I think that that's like a side effect of what feels to be this really intense, ostracized right. feeling. And I think that that's Adam funny. I, it lands funny to me because I've actually felt that way at Marie's Crisis. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. I don't, I hate karaoke, so it's just a nightmare to begin with. But when you're mm-hmm. there and it's super busy, it's really hard to get a song played because there's mm. all of the regulars. But I also recognize I'm a visitor here, so I don't know that I would have such a visceral, like, angry reaction. Well, so at Marie's, are there solos? Yes. Are they usually the waiters who work there? Yes. yes. So a lot of the songs are sung as a group, group. right? 
we're all singing this song together. So where I'm a little bit confused with Adam mm-hmm. and him being such a musical theater stan until this moment, as he claims to be, what is he talking about with the gatekeeping or the judgment, right, of the other people singing? Like, oh, you may be able to carry a tune, but you're nobody, you're honey. You're a chorus like, actor. What, like, what are you getting at? When you go to Marie's Crisis, you're there to sing with everybody. And mm-hmm. maybe you're going to have to sit through you know janet who was on broadway in 1975s yeah so i love her work love her love her (laughs) like maggie worth who was not there anymore who was there for like a million years she wore canadian tuxedo every single day in the summer it was canadian tuxedo with shorts and the winter was canadian tuxedo with pants either way both stretchy and i really appreciated it and the woman was a star nowhere but she was a star at Marie's. And I think that if you're going to come to this place with that kind of judgmental attitude, it's sort of interesting that Adam is calling like everybody out right. for being so judgmental when they were probably judgmental about him because he's sitting there being like, and you, you're a nobody. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if this community who is very tight knit and is sort of looking out for each other as sort of rough around the edges as they might be, they're going to sniff that out and no, they're not going to want you in their house. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a self-fulfilled prophecy for Adam. Yeah, I think, Joe, you picked up on that in the first comment. It does feel a lot of like self-hatred is like underlining this. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is typical? Do you think like this is a common experience going there? I think if you went... I'm curious what time of day or what, what day of the week he went. Obviously, Very, he went at, like later at night. He must have I've, gone like a Saturday. Saturday night, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it probably it was like... They were pulling requests, but there were a lot of requests in the hat already. And the regulars who are there, when they intersperse their songs, they don't even have to ask what that person's going to sing because Janet always sings Skid Row, parentheses, downtown. (laughs) Yes. You know it. (laughs) So there is that like uh, a pre-existing relationship. And I think you have to have a little bit of love and respect for the regulars. Yes. I think it's like when you go into a place like that, it's like... it's it's their home. It's their community. It's almost like you're a straight person going into a gay bar, which in yeah. this context, maybe that is exactly what's happening. Yes. <laughs> but like that level of like, okay, I'm visiting. I want like I want to respect what's been predetermined already. Right. If that makes sense. Totally. What do we think about the business advice that uh, Adam decides to land at the end? It's working. Failure leads to drinking, and drinking leads to profit. Like, thank you for that. Where's that coming from? Well, I think we talked about this early on because I don't necessarily think that the people working on Broadway are going to Marie's Crisis on a normal basis. So I think the people are there out of joy. They're singing out of joy. I don't think they're singing from a place of failure, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But does failure lead to drinking? Probably. And does drinking drinking lead to profit? I think so, right? (laughs) Bars are very, bars aren't going anywhere. Yeah. But that does feel, it does feel emblematic. Of, it, do, it, of does this feel, point of view. it does yeah, feel, it does feel like an outsider coming in and on the outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sing waving through a window. You'll feel better at him. I know. I know. I also, this is the road that led him to discover he didn't like musicals. Well, it's a much cheaper road than going to see <laughs> a show. And much cheaper or getting, than or getting to get a BFA. BFA. <laughs> yes. You got a beer. You probably right. heard at least one you song Heineken, you relax, like. Relax, relax. You got a Heineken. You got a lifetime of stick on your shoes. You will never get off. Oh my For God, real. yes. But even that I find kind of charming. I agree. I don't know if that's weird. I'm partial to this place. So there you go. <laughs> I know. Adam. Oh, Adam. Adam, I hope you're okay. Do you think Adam was writing know. this getting an ice cream cone at Big Gay Ice Cream? <laughs> mad I think angry. yeah, I think that he's he's writing a song called Since a Child um at at Big Gay Ice Cream next door and he's like since a child I had a dream <laughs> of dreams and very fun yes. yeah um all right so before we crown is yeah. there is this a deal breaker if reading this and you're from Milwaukee and you're excited to go to Marie's Crisis is this going to have an impact on you? I don't know. I mean if I've never been there and I'm reading reviews of Marie's Crisis. Yeah, it's a good question. Because, I mean, I'm a kind of introverted musical theater person, and maybe this would put me off, but I have to 
Uh, you were saying the the uh, the reviews are pretty average. Three and a half. Three and a half overall. That's too bad. I know. That really is too bad because it's. But a also maybe place. it's good because it keeps the atoms out. But who's That's writing right. a review of Marie's Crisis? I should. I really should for all the times I went. This kind of makes me want to write one. Right? <laughs> Just say all they're right. doing everything that, right. Up to a 3.8. We're, you know? we're going to have some And they're homework. working so hard. It's a live piano player who I can know. do literally anything you want. Yeah, how do you get that job? And they're talented. They're really talented. Really good. You know, like you, they have to be so good to be able to play all this music and... Adjusting keys. And they know that when oh, I've yeah. had two martinis that you're never fully dressed without a smile has to be slower. Right. You know? uh, <laughs> And adjust the tempo based on how many drinks you're like on. Like it turns into like uh, a real strut. Uh, <laughs> all right, I think I can oh crown. Okay, let's go. Let's go into the crowning, and I'm going to do a little Maggie Worth impersonation in the after show. So if that's not a reason <laughs> to join Patreon, I don't know what Joe, you ready to crown? Yes, I'm writing okay. my number really big and marker. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so. Chelsea, Joe, and I all have our own set of zero to five crown cards in an effort to be fair and not influence one another. We will simultaneously reveal our rating. The queens are tabulating. If your email is anything like mine, it is really full and you've probably been paying for extra storage that you don't need. And there's a solution to that. And that is clean email, which takes the work out of managing your inbox. Clean email designed the best way to clean out your inbox once. It is a one-off, one-time sweep. You're automating your email cleaning tasks to keep your inbox clean going forward. Check it out. Our listeners can save 25% off any plan with code REVIEWQUEEN. Clean out your mailbox. Don't be a slob. That's 25% off with code REVIEWQUEEN. school okay joe and i are unanimous with two crowns trey's coming in with one and a half joe you go first tell us why you gave two crowns to adam lambert i mean adam L. <laughs> <laughs> well, adam pascal <laughs> oh, um, right. <laughs> I, well y- y- um listening to y'all talk about the exclusionary component boosted mm-hmm. it a little bit for me because at first right. i was like how dare you come into this semi-sacred space Yes. With no windows and no fire escape. <laughs> and <laughs> and tell people that they're not doing it right when all they're trying to do is express their love for this horribly marginalized art form. That's right. Mm. But then you think of how musical theater part people, as you're saying, Trey, can be can be a little bit like, oh, mm, you've never heard of the Golden Apple from 1954. Never mind. You know, or like can't <laughs> can't talk about yeah. anything else. So that boosted it a little bit, and I feel for Adam, and I want Adam to find his tribe. So I, I raised I it that. probably by one from where it would have been. Yeah, I feel that. Chelsea, totally. why did you say two? Very similar reasoning to Joe. There was a part of my heart that just, I think, connected here with Adam. And I do feel, I relate to the idea of feeling excluded. And I do think there is a little bit of that vibe. So I think that if I did read this review prior to going to Marie's, like let's say I read a really good five star and I read this, I think it falls somewhere in between those two. And I do think there's value there. And that was why I went with two crowns. But I do think this is a lot about Adam and not a lot about Marie's and a lot of sort of name throwing and, and a lot of bullying for someone who's been bullied so for that reason i couldn't go above two crowns but i did want to throw them throw them the two not quite middle of the road as trey likes to say but trey went for a full crown below middle of the road (laughs) with that one and a half so let us know why so i said one and a half because ultimately i just think it's really mean-spirited that there are some truths in here perhaps but i think they are truths to someone that is feeling an experience of life the same as adam which i don't think is everyone in the world Mm-hmm. And I also just the whole assessment of an, a community of people when you aren't in the community of people just feels icky to me. And saying singers in quotes 
like the first sentence or two sentences is like singers in quotations. <laughs> like it's just so shady. Right. <laughs> um, that even so, I if, if I agree on some of the points, this would not have like a deal breaking impact for me. I would want to read other reviews. So I just said one and a half. You're making totally me real. Can I tell a little anecdote? You're yes, something my friend it. David and I said a long time ago, which is. We said it about gay men, but I think it's actually just true about musical theater fans. Okay. We're the only people who can cry while judging. <laughs> and we saw this pr- high school production of Once on this Island. I don't know. Were that they all was perf- No. <laughs> We've all seen that production too. Wait, what did you say in my life? Uh, no, uh, Once on this Island. Oh. We well, can talk about in my life forever. It was my favorite pork show. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> so this production of Once on This Island was performed by high schoolers who had survived Hurricane Katrina. Yes. Oh, wow. So they were they were amazing. They were so talented. They did a great job. And the audience is sobbing start to finish because, you know, it's so emotional, that show already. And then you combine it with the fact of who they were. Yeah. But then when they sing the song Timun, uh, <laughs> the girl playing Timun said, um, now I go without one backward look when she's leaving her parents, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was facing her parents. So I was like, you're talking about not doing a backward <laughs> look looking. while you're looking backward. <laughs> so I'm like tears running down my face, but I'm like, that's not that's what the text right. <laughs> Oh my supports. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's gonna- Really emotional, but I'm also like, who, what was like- That's was an interesting choice. Thinking? What was the director thinking? <laughs> If you were in that production, your lips thing, you did a great job. I was just like a one choice I would have, you know, sure. had a quibble with. Well, well. That's okay. That's how my mom always was when she would come see me in a show. Everyone would be like, You were so great. She's like, I've noticed the mistake you made. You know. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it's game time. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Today, I have formulated a one-of-a-kind, never-existed-before game specific to Joe. So listeners, you're going to play along, and we're going to find out together. Do you Kenosian this Broadway Overture? (laughs) The name of the game is Do You Kenosian this Broadway Overture? So I have selected 10 Broadway openings Overtures, first down beats of a musical. I don't stand a chance. I'm just and talk. Chelsea is going to compete <laughs> against Joe. You're going to be great. We're going to get those. In full disclosure, some of these songs will be a chord. Okay. okay. Some of these songs, I think the longest clip I have is 35 seconds. So, in fairness, Candide. <laughs> I don't know. I originally had a concept of doing musicals for Joe and doing operas for Chelsea just so that she would really lose, but we're not doing that. Chelsea's going to lose anyway. It's fine. Okay. So just in the vein of Adam L, if any of our listeners (laughs) do not know Broadway overtures from Accord, we're going to include them in the community. So we're going to let all of the clips play out in their entirety. But when you, Chelsea, when you, Joe, when you, listener, when you know the show, you're going to shout out Kenosian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that way we'll determine who gets to go first, Chelsea or Joe. And then when the clip ends, I will ask for the answer. If you are incorrect, the other contestant gets a chance to guess. Mm -hmm. Having heard the whole clip. And the other person's guess. So, okay. And I'm looking for the name of the show. Okay. And... Not the composer. I'm never gonna. No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. Okay. I'm looking for the actual title of the track of okay. the song. No. Oh, so it God, needs I'm to out. be. Okay. So some be... are overtures and some are just like openings, opening numbers. Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one more time, we're gonna be playing. Do you Kenosian this Broadway overture or opening of the show? All right, Chelsea and Joe, are you ready to play? (laughs) Yes. Okay, here we go. Number one. I mean, that was me. I won. I think it was. I think it was Chelsea. Chelsea, what is it? 
Okay. Um, that was Hairspray. And the song was Good Morning, Baltimore. Woo! Chelsea, you are right. Woo! Mark Shaman, composer. Can I get partial credit? All those EPAs <laughs> definitely came in handy. Can we play this all day? This is like the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> Chelsea, do you know the composer and lyricist? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't go that deep. <laughs> it's but not Joe part does. of the game, but Joe, what, who are they? Uh, I know Mark Shaman is the, is it Scott Whitman? That's is right. The, yeah. <sighs> I know Mark Shaman's composer, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Here we go. I love that. Okay. Okay, get ready. Here we go. Number two. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you Kenozi in this Broadway overture? Jim. Jim. <laughs> That was clearly Joe. Yeah, Uh, that's from the Phantom of the Opera, and I believe that is the overture. But I believe it plays after the little um, a collector's piece. (laughs) Yeah, there's a scene. (laughs) (laughs) Lot six six six. I need to nerd out for a moment. I love that the show starts and with just a long book scene. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Also, it was funny to me compiling these. Oh wait, you're right. That's Uh, correct. Because the just the like synthesizer sound is such a giveaway. Uh, oh, so totally! Good. It's of the era. All right, we're tied. You okay. both have a correct. So here we go, number three. Okay. Wait, really? Canoes? Is it? Is it? Um, is it Peter? Do you Pan? have any? You, are you guessing? Is it Peter Pan? Because this ends if you're guessing. I'm guessing. I'll guess Peter Pan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joe? All right, Joe, I'm going to... Do you want a hint? I would love a hint. I don't think I get it, though. Well, I don't know how obvious Just play it. Be. You want to just play it again? I'm going to play it one more time. And just think, this is produced a lot. I have a second uh, guess. Forever plaid. <laughs> no. is, it Chelsea, the nut- it? is it the nutcracker? She's oh, Louise. <laughs> All right, let me do let me do another hat. It's the same composer as Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Little night music? <laughs> oh. That that's an Andrew Lloyd Webber show. Uh Whistle Down the Wind. <laughs> what was Is Andrew Lloyd Webber's first musical? Cats. Joseph. Cats. Joseph was his first. Cat. It's Joseph. <laughs> Some folks dream of the wonders they'll do. Okay, I only know the 1968 first recording, the one with, where Quentin Blake of Roald Dahl fame did the illustrations. So I, uh, I should know that. So Trey, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That that smirk you're giving me is correct. <laughs> I just thought I I love that you guys didn't know it. I I thought it was really obvious, which is why I made it three because I thought it would be too easy. I mean, to be you thought one. it'd be obvious. You remember the little bow wow moment? I mean, did you think that all of a sudden I was going to become a new human? <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. So this one, Jacob and yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yes, Jacob and Sons. Jacob right, and Sons is the number first four. Song. Do you Kenosian this Broadway overture? Oh, I think I know. I think I can know the end now, but don't beat me on it. All right, Joe, you were you got it. What it, what do you think it is? I believe it is Les Miserables. Um, but is the song called Don't Look know. Down or is it? Yeah, I think it's Look Down. Tough. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's called Overture Work Song. Work but, Song. Okay. Work song. But still, I, that's but a then point. in that's some, a point for Joe. they also call it a prologue. 
like in the libretto, but not on the track. So we're just gonna. You knew it was Lemos. That was so. a point for that. That's <laughs> two to one. Right. I got there, but not not as fast as Kanozian. <laughs> okay, here we go. This one. This one is. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Do you Kanozian this Broadway overture? Kanozian. Already. Sorry, Chelsea. Sorry. That's yeah, the whole, I know, that's the I know that D5 to a C major 7 anywhere. All right, what is it? <laughs> that is Into the Woods. Um, I'm not and a big Into the Woods fan, I'm sorry to say. Oh, you're not? Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry, uh, I, I know it's c- controversial. It's um, pro- pros and cons for sure, because, you know, it does have some lines that really wishes our children, but, you know, it's it's got a lot of good stuff on it. Wait, that Mark Tuminelli, friend of the pod, that's his, he like cringes at that. What? It's a Wishes tough lyric for a song. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little corny. Okay, here we go. That was so good, Joe. Oh my god. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I believe it's called Prologue. One <laughs> in right. doubt. Classic title. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Do you Kenosian this Broadway <laughs> overture? Kenosian. 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 Sadly, Joe went into the original choreography instead of saying the word Kenosian. So, um, Chelsea, you got it. What do you think that is? That's that's Fiddler. That's Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. The literal best. what is the song called? Overture. Fiddler. The Fiddler on the Roof. It's okay. I got the point. Tradition. 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 Okay, here we go. Tradition. Thank you. All right, so ooh, Chelsea, you're doing so much better than I thought. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And that's only because Joe broke into the choreography and, and had- <laughs> how can you hear that and not just do I know, a little I know, bottle I dance? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Do you Kenosian yeah. this Broadway overture? Oh, Kenosian. Chelsea. Last five years. Chelsea. Whoa. I do love Jason Robert Brown. Have you ever heard of the last five years, Joe? No. <laughs> oh, what is that called? What's that called, Chelsea? What's the track called? Oh God. I'm really bad with the name of, of songs. I it's will just called always... Still Hurting. St- oh. Okay, guys. We Jamie have... is over and Jamie yes. is on that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have know that show very well. It's time to move on. So Trey, we have- we're singing. I know you're trying to play the game, but there's a song there's happening. A song I know. I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> over I mean, we just talked about Marie's. Have we- <laughs> okay, so we have three more plus a tie, plus a tiebreaker. Oh so God. here we go. Okay, we're neck and neck. You're gonna win. You're gonna win. It's fine. <laughs> Do you Kenosian this Broadway overture? So pretty. I like the end. Joe, do you know? I believe that's Oklahoma. Very good, Joe. The first like couple measures could have been literally any. I know. I, know. I thought it was <laughs> Music Man for a second. I didn't know where we were. Yeah, very <laughs> so traditional. Specific. Yes. Oh, it's uh, those are the days when they could afford orchestras. <laughs> so, like, that's so a lot beautiful. of instruments. That was that was gorgeous. <laughs> All right, love it. Do you Kenozi in this Broadway <laughs> overture? Oh God! Okay. <laughs> Oh, Akinosia. Oh, it's... I know. Akinosia. All right, Joe, you were first. The producers. 
It's just probably Overture, right? Because it was like a bunch of the Overture, hard springtime yeah. for Hitler in there. Also, uh, I really struggled with um, Good Morning Baltimore because there actually is an Overture that is not on the cast recording. Oh. That starts there going. It leads into the beginning of Good Morning Baltimore. But it's I don't even there. remember that from seeing the play. It's like... A couple seconds. And it's more or less the same. Interesting. All right, here we go. Okay. Here is our final one of the main round. Never want now, this game to end. <laughs> get ready. Okay. Just get ready. It's the last one on purpose. Oh, no. Okay. Uh oh. That doesn't scare it. Okay. Knosian. Knosian, if it's what I think it is. Knosian. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yeah, I think. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, Chelsea, you were first. Okay, so I think this is Chicago. <gasps> I'm wrong! So, but you're so close, though. You're like a couple letters you're off. So, <laughs> you're so close. All right, Joe, you did clock oh, in wait, second. Was I wrong? She should get half a point for that, because that's the same composer. It's oh. Cabaret. Oh, it's Cabaret. It's Wilkommen from oh, Cabaret. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right, well, at least I got the same composer. I'm sorry you don't get that. a point, Chelsea. That's okay. I, I didn't give myself one. <laughs> You're not our guest. All right, here we are. So, Be our guest. ironically, Chelsea has three and Joe has six. But this we're is the tiebreaker. But this is for the game. This is for the game. So There's this is actually worth 10 points. Oh, my God. God. Well, okay. So anyone could win. You ready? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can I see that? <laughs> Is this your show? Yeah. Can I see <laughs> Just because I know how his brain works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, you were first. I believe that's Murder for Two, the drama, drama desk nominated hit of several years back. I'm going to say uh, that's insider baseball, but I'll allow it. No, <laughs> Joe, what is that titled? <laughs> it's Prelude, right? Prelude and Waiting in the Dark? Just Prelude. Okay. So, why is it? So, what is a prelude? Why not an overture or a prologue? What is a prelude? Well, because an overture is definitionally taking parts from other songs. And our prelude was like, you know, it's b- before the like show really gets going, but it's, it's, it was an original thing. It uses at the very end the piece of another song, but it's mostly um, original. Well, Joe, a, a huge a sweep landslide. here. A landslide. Yeah, a real landslide. <laughs> Stevie Nicks! <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Joe. You, you are the winner. Yay. I'm honored. Yeah. Chelsea, it's great. Thank you, got- you. I do, you know, I, I feel like prouder of myself than I thought I would at the end of this. I will say. I, I don't think I completely embarrassed myself and my family. No, no. I do have one final question, though. So I, I chose the prelude. So let's not speak. And I just want to play it for a second because I have a question for you. Oh. Okay, I think it's so funny, but it's music. Aww. How do you do that? My God, thank you. That That is the absolute best compliment I could get on that because that was exactly the idea is to set up that this is a zany show, but set up that the two actors are really going to play well for you and like have a lot. Um, the music is going to factor in very heavily, but it was just really funny to me that that the one actor would have all the all the complicated stuff high up on the piano and the other would just play one single note in response, <laughs> like 
like a very unhelpful scene partner, just meh. And so, you know, he tries playing really quietly and sweetly and the other guy bangs on the piano and then he plays really loud and the other one does like a real soft one. And I was also thinking of like, what would be fun to act? Because even as a mu- when I'm thinking musically, I'm still thinking like an actor because yeah. that person is on stage. They're still helping tell the story no matter what. And so I was like, oh, it'd be, it would be funny to ha- like make faces while you were doing something like that. And when did that piece get developed? Was the show sort of formed already or was it that the first was- thing? No, it was, um, so we, we had a world premiere in Chicago and then it was added when we came to New York and it was actually, can I drop a little bit of a name? Oh, wait. <laughs> was it Sondheim? Um, no, it wasn't. Although he did say he liked it. I know uh, he did. Oh, <laughs> it was ve- I wasn't there, but I heard. No, um, it was Stephen Schwartz of Wicked fame who. Because <gasps> oh, wow. his son directed, right? His son directed it. Yep. Uh, Scott Schwartz directed it. And, um. Steven Schwartz came to a preview and was like, I really like the first song, but I feel like it doesn't demonstrate virtuosic piano playing. And could you do something that starts it off that was like virtuosic? Would that just like give the audience more of an understanding of the show? Mm. So the assignment was just exciting, complicated, like Grieg-esque <laughs> complex piano music. And then I was like, oh, let's also like think of what they're doing and like how physically that could be funny. Cause the show ends with a very physical piano mm-hmm. thing that's just playing too. So, so cool. Bookend. Yeah. Thanks. That's that. really sweet of you, Trey. Thank you for saying that. So, so captivating from the second it starts. It's, I, I love it. I also like one of my favorite quotes about music. I know we're going over time. No. But- You'll, you'll love this is a critic asked Ani DeFranco where her, her guitar voice came from, like her jangly, like that sort of like, and she said it was from playing piano bars that she loved to be really loud and then go completely silent because that was the only thing that shut the crowd up. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was also like the idea of like playing something like you heard really loud and then a lot of pause just to like make people self-conscious and shut up and pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, that's so smart. And when you listen to it, because I saw the show multiple times in person, but when you listen to the cast recording, just the bump is so funny, even without seeing the physical comedy or the character interplay, you just get it's like fabulous. Like it, right. it plays still. Never takes music. itself seriously. Yeah, yes. totally. Oh, thanks. Wow. This has truly been so much fun. So fun. The whole rigmarole is not going to end here. We are going to pop over to Patreon. But Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. We love you so dearly. Thank you for helping build credibility for our podcast by giving <laughs> us such an amazing theme song. I mean, it really, <sighs> it was one of the most repeated bits of compliment that we I got when Me we too. first started was like, holy shit, because it's the first thing you hear. Yeah. Oh. You can all follow Joe on Instagram. This is an update. It's uh, new. Yes. <laughs> At Joe Kinzo. That's J-O-E-K-I-N-Z-O. You can listen to the podcast, Let's Start a Coup! Exclamation mark. On all of the podcast players that exist. Listeners, if you are interested and you would like to license Murder for Two at a theater near you, you can obtain the performance rights at concordtheatricals.com. To learn more about Joe and his frequent writing partner that I personally love, Kellen Blair, you can visit canosianandblair.com. Com. Joe, are there any projects, any things on the horizon that you could maybe tease or not tease? Uh, everything is very nebulous, as I told you. Um, I did a musical called It Came From Outer Space, premiered at Chicago Shakespeare last summer, and there will hopefully be another production of that uh, somewhere wonderful uh, before too long. But it's definitely, you know, in, in the works. Okay. See Murder for Two if it's in your city. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, okay, before we jump over onto our Patreon, Joe, we like to ask our guests one final question. What is one piece of advice you'd give on how to manage and handle online haters? Oh, put down your phone and read a book. Yeah. Honest to God. <laughs> Good amount. I read a book called Stolen Focus, and it's just basically about how dangerous the um, habit of a smartphone can be. Mm. And it really inspired me to like, okay, definitely got to like continue the uphill climb because I want to. I want to look at it right now, you know. Yeah. But the uphill climb of like focusing and 
getting your focus back and um, using your time for you and not for what you think you should be doing, which is Mm. wasting time. I love that. No judgment, but because, you know, we're all... (laughs) <laughs> We're all in this together, but uh, yeah, that was very inspiring. It's true. It's so true because we feel like the whole world exists on our smartphones because we're on them all the time. But yeah. the reality is it doesn't. And there's life outside of your smartphone. And I'm not quoting Avenue Q, but you know. Oh, oh. there you go. <laughs> but, but I appreciate your point of view in the world of creating with both sides being true of valuing and not valuing reviews and opinions and how it doesn't stop you from creating because that can stop a lot of people but it hasn't stopped you which is very inspiring well thank you i mean uh uh, there's that warhol quote about make art and then while people are talking about it make more art yes and that's a good guideline it's like there people are gonna say all sorts of things for all sorts of reasons Mm. and just oh i love that quote yeah it's a good one well we did it queens that is another round on the argue a rq ferris wheel of boom did you get it i did the I did the prelude. Oh, 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 no, I got it. <laughs> if you like what you heard, please tell a friend. If you did not like what you heard, please tell an enemy. On this week's After Show Pod, we are diving deeper with Joe as we <gasps> rate and review a one-star review he personally received. Uh-oh. Can't wait. And Joe is also going to take a spin on the merry-go-round. And somehow, this got said. <laughs> For your review, queens. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, remember ignore the haters. You're a queen. Gender non specific queen. Bye bye. Bye. Sign up directly on Apple Podcasts to hear our weekly members-only after show. Unlock additional benefits when you become a Patreon member at reviewthatreview.com slash Patreon. Follow us on all the socials at The Review Queens and join our mailing list at reviewthatreview.com. Our kvetch line is open 24-7 at 1-850-REVIEW-0. Don't be a mashugana. Call the kvetch line today. <laughs> Oh my oh god! Delightful. You are the y'all best. are such pros. This You're so a pro. Fun. Are you kidding me? I seriously wanted that game to never end. <laughs> I was like, can this go? On Wait, I I still cannot believe that Joseph stumped you. Your name is Joe. <laughs> I know, but like I, I I know an earlier version that starts with dun dun dun. Okay, it's interesting question. you say that because I obviously wanted to do West Side Story, but. There is a. There are two different. There are different overtures. That one. The original Broadway musical is different than the film, and I think of. But the original overture is different, so I was like, I'm just, I'm not getting into the weeds, and then I guess I picked the fucking wrong Joseph one. Okay, listen, Joe still massacred this game. Okay, do we need to give him more of a lead? True.